Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to another episode of The Fix. What's going on, my man? Just chilling. Yeah, man. Super pumped about this episode for a few reasons. We get to talk about two of my favorite things, basketball and music. Yeah, the official DJ of the Toronto Raptors, Four Corners, came through, and it was super cool because he's got uh, a busy schedule touring internationally and, of course, uh, every Raptor game. Yeah, man. So in this episode, we talk about the team, we talk about music, and a bunch of other shit. So hope you enjoy. Let's get into it. Let's do it. Boom. Yo, yo, welcome to The Fix. We got a real great episode lined up for you today. We got Four Corners, a.k.a. Captain Kirk, the official DJ for the Raptors. What up? What up, homie? Thanks for joining us today. No problem, and it's proof that you've known me for a while because you call me Captain Kirk, because not too many people know that anymore, Yeah, yeah. because I don't really go by that anymore. <laughs> I had to pull out that gem, <laughs> and I did see your face kind of look at me yeah, sideways like, who? a bit. <laughs> like, who? Now, honestly, that's a name that I've not been able to get away from my entire life being named Kirk, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. loosely based on the fact that my dad was a Trekkie. Yeah, yeah. And enjoyed <laughs> Star Trek that much that he named me Kirk. And I have a brother named Luke also, by oh, the way. Oh, that's crazy. Just know. Well, okay. you're, you're in good company because I'm a bit of a Trekkie. The dog's named Data after no Data way. from Star Trek The Next Generation. Uh-huh. Well, yeah, we got one of the nicest guys in the game. Anyone who we've spoken to about you has had nothing but great things to say about you as a person. So we're pretty um, excited to chop it up with you today. That was good to hear. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. But like he was a dick. Don't <laughs> fuck with that guy. Exactly. I mean, so so we're we're not in Vancouver right now. We're back in Toronto, but we should probably really should have recorded this in van uh, when we got a chance to hang out there. You know what? There would have been zero time. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, was... my schedule was so jammed because I had while well, I was DJing at the Raptors game, yep. our preseason game in Vancouver with the Canada series, and also I had a couple club nights and some other stuff. So I'm happy to be home. Got a little time to breathe and. You can sit down in the real fixed studio. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Man. Instead of a hotel a hotel room, we yeah. got a couple in there. But yeah, man, it was it was a fun time out in Vancouver. We got to check you at um, one of your club nights, and yeah, it was Cabana popping. Cabana Nightclub with Soul Good. My family shout out Soul Good. Yeah, man, that they was threw a, great parties. That was a popping night, and apparently. Um, the game was pretty popping for a preseason game. It was like I was looking at resale <laughs> tickets there. It was fucking crazy. Well, they get one game every two years. Yeah. And they used to have a team, the Vancouver Grizzlies. Yeah, yeah. So the city likes basketball. They're hungry out there. Yeah, but they just don't have it. So to get an NBA game in their city. Yeah. And they used to be able to go over to like some of my older homies. They used to drive down to Seattle yeah, yeah. to watch the Supersonics. And they're no, long, no longer there either. Yeah. So to get NBA basketball in Vancouver is a big deal, no matter when it drops. For sure. Everyone, I mean, everyone we talked to, there was a lot of buzz around the city. We just happened to be there by fluke during that time. But like, we went to that like uh, Grizzlies pop up as well. Yeah, yeah. They, they're hungry for some ball out there, man. And that was the first look at Kawhi, I think, really. It was. Much. It was yeah. literally the first look at Kawhi for yeah. anybody. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we're a few games into the season now. How how good does it feel back to be in your office I of mean, uh, 20k people? I mean, <laughs> to DJ in front of that many people has always been awesome. Yeah. To DJ in front of that many people during with a winning team is that much more awesome. No doubt. No I've been doubt. through the dirt. I've been through the mud with this team. How how long have you been uh, been doing that? Game this is for season me? number fourteen. Wow. So when I came on was right during the Chris Bosh era. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. And we had some good times, some good seasons, but we had a lot of like 
by February, we know we have no shot of making the playoffs. Just yeah. let's just get this through the season and figure out what we're going to do next year, type shit. Yeah, and it hasn't been like that for the past five years. It's just been up and up and up. Yeah, so it's awesome. Right now, as we are recording this, we're currently undefeated. The only four and zero NBA team right now, number one yeah, in the league. Yeah. Oh shit! And number, number one in the power rankings as well. Which, yeah, um, you know, I'm not going to put too much stock in that <laughs> right now, but it's still nice to open up that browser and see number one. Right, and also. I don't know if you guys know this, that the NBA 2K rankings okay. in the video game has us winning the championship over Houston. Yeah. Okay. But it also has... That's uh, virtual. Yeah, it also has <laughs> us playing, playing the Hawks in the Eastern Conference Finals in the simulation. Right. <laughs> I mean, Vince Carter's there. I don't know. Shout out to Vince. Yeah. Um, so how are you feeling about this team? Are you oh, mourning feel, the loss of DeMar still? Or? I feel fantastic. I miss DeMar. DeMar is a great guy, and he really put on for this city. And that's the thing that we hadn't really had that much of. I mean, Chris Bosh really put on for the city, too. Yeah. But people kind of felt weird when he left. I was never mad at Chris Bosh when he left. He put in his time. Mm-hmm. He put in his all. And it's sports. It's, it's, it's business. His contract was up. He looked at his options. No doubt. Uh, DeMar DeRozan, on the other hand, got traded, so it was a, not his choice, mm-hmm. and he's beloved here. Like people love the guy. Oh yeah, he's gonna get he's gonna get quite that reception. Oh yeah, when we play the Spurs, it's gonna be like a standing ovation. I guarantee it when they announce him. But again, it's sports, mm-hmm. it's business, and we're trying to win. So mm-hmm. DeMar was not someone we were. It was ever, yeah, we got to trade tomorrow. It was never that. Mm-hmm. But when Kawhi Leonard became available, a lot of teams were like, ooh, yeah, I, I, felt, I felt like it was time for a change here, too. You know what I mean? It was time to kind of mix things up a little bit. Well, in sports, it's, I mean, you, you do what you got to do for the betterment of the business, about the team. You want to sure. win. But, I mean, real is real. Kawhi Leonard is one of those players. He's, like, arguably top three, if not top five players in the NBA when yep. he's healthy. Yeah. And... He is healthy, and a lot of teams were interested. For sure. A lot. For sure. And we wouldn't have been able to get him unless we had somebody who was a high caliber like DeMar. DeMar DeRozan's an all-star. He's great. Yeah. He's yeah. fantastic. We were able to make that trade because DeMar is fantastic. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, what I've been saying to people, everybody keeps asking me that, too. It's like, oh, man, do you feel bad for DeMar? DeMar is great. DeMar is playing basketball for a living. It's what he loves. He's good. And he's filthy, stinking rich. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like DeMar is going to be okay. He, and he's good. playing great in San Antonio. Is, I don't know if is. you've seen. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's, he's killing it. He's been balling out. He's he's the number one guy there. He's so killing it's his it. team. So, yeah. yeah it's, um, you know, we, we wish him the best. For Absolutely. Sure. And I can't wait till we play the yeah. Spurs so I can see him yeah, yeah. and, like, see him back on our floor. Like, it's yeah, going to yeah. be real nostalgic and stuff. But I know he, it, as, as unsettling it was as it was for all of us. Mm-hmm. We all understand yep. what it is. Exactly. In, in sports, people get traded. Yep. And we now have the best player in the Eastern Conference. Bar, right. Bar none. That's right. not even an argument. Right. I think so. Exactly. And even if the guys are rental, I don't care. I want, I that. Don't think... <laughs> I want that final appearance. That's all. <laughs> but that's another thing, though. People, a lot of people are like, oh, man, he's not going to stay. Because in the past, great players have not wanted to stay in Toronto. Mm-hmm. And that's why everybody loved DeMar, because he wanted to stay. But I think that the city's perception is way different now. I think For people sure. understand how dope Toronto is. For sure. Now it all—it's always been dope. Yeah. But I think that we're on now, especially because hip hop has become the biggest type of music in the world again. Yep. And the biggest star in hip hop is from here. 
for sure. And he's repping the Raptors and hard. Are we talking about? Drake. Oh, oh that guy. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard of him. I heard of him. Um, but young, not young, just young him. Not just him. There's a wave of mega stars in music right now yeah. that are from here. So that's kind of changed the vibe. And Drake is involved directly with the team as yeah. the global yeah. ambassador. And we have the OVO Welcome Toronto Knights and the black and gold uniforms and all that. Like, it's very ingrained. Yeah. It's dope, yeah. And all of that combined with players and people and celebrities and whatnot coming to the city and having a great mm-hmm. time, the vibe's different here. Like, why wouldn't he want to stay here? Of course. Yeah, it's yeah. one of the better cities to live in in North America, if not the world. Yeah. yeah. And he's being embraced. Like, have you seen how much an, ovo- an ovation he gets yeah, when he absolutely. steps on the court? Yeah, yeah. Like, crazy. he's the man. Everybody loves him. Everybody's happy that he's here. Definitely. I don't know about anyone else. I would be like, this is a dope situation. Yo, it's I, a fresh start. I've already done what I did in San Antonio. Got yeah. some rings. I can be the guy to take this franchise to that. Mm-hmm. I got to be a god here. They'll put a statue outside. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I they honestly literally feel will it. Put and, a statue and, and they, they're like, the fans have been going. You, you've been yeah. there. I was there at the Boston game. It, yeah. was, it was insane. Yeah. Like, anytime he touches the ball early in the game, people are amped. It's like a standing ovation just because he touched the ball. yeah. yeah. I think people are a little extra with the MVP chance, though. That's a little. <laughs> honestly, it's that a made early. me feel a little uncomfortable. I'm not going to lie. Because I'm like, yo, this guy just got here. And you guys used to say, yell that for DeMar like <laughs> last know. week. Yeah, yeah. It's a little weird. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I thought we missed DeMar. We miss him, right? Yeah. We still do miss him. I know. It, it, it's it, almost it, like DeMar who? Seem, it, and I don't like that. Yeah, it did seem like that. Because everyone was so, before the season started, you know, all the The grumbles. Yeah, yeah. And is this guy even going to play? His attitude, blah, blah, blah. Is he going to be healthy? All of a sudden, he gets on the court. It's MVP chance. Yeah, that's a little weird. That's a little weird. (laughs) So you you mentioned you've been kind of, uh, your tenure with the Raptors has been since they've sucked. How have you seen the kind of city? (laughs) Your words, not mine. But it's true. I was there too. No, it's true. We used to suck so hard, bro. Yeah, I've been (laughs) seeing the seat for 10 years, bro. So I've been there. But... Have you seen the city change in terms of, I mean, obviously from the basketball perspective, we know, but um, you're talking about, we got Drake now. We've got a bunch of other guys coming up in the hip hop scene. Like what, how have you found it kind of pop off in the years, same kind of trajectory as the Raptors in a way? It's kind of in oddly connected. Mm-hmm. Like Drake is the centerpiece in that he's connected directly to, to the team. Plus he's the man in hip hop. Mm-hmm. That I, it's kind of coincidental, kind of not. Yeah. But it just all the stars have aligned in that this Toronto musical movement has been on the rise at the same time that we got a new that Masai Ujiri yeah. came on with the Raptors and changed the culture by mixing mm-hmm. things up, focusing on different things, and the team has been getting better while hip hop has been growing. Yeah. And. Not just basketball, too. Like, hockey mm-hmm. culture has changed, too. The Leafs used to suck yeah. perennially. Like, yeah, it's just yeah, yeah. assumed that we're going to suck. Yeah, yeah. And now there's excitement. Yeah. yeah. And I think all of that builds when people start to feel pride in the city. Mm-hmm. And it's not about being happy to be in the game. It's about, no, man, we're here. Let's do this. Mm-hmm. So, like, there's a lot of things happening at the same time that makes Toronto shine. And yeah. the world is watching, like me traveling around the world and going to different clubs and just meeting people in general. Everyone's so excited that I'm from Toronto. Do yeah. they do and they always ask, do you know Drake? Yeah, that's the second question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But 
seriously, it's never, ever felt like this. Like, I've always gone places and people have been like, oh, Toronto, okay, cool, whatever, whatever. But New York has been the kind of city like that. You go anywhere around the world and people are wearing Yankees hats. Yeah. Or, and not because they're Yankees fans, but because New York City. Yeah. Yeah. Or L.A. Mm -hmm. Or, you know what I mean? Or Paris. Or, like, these. Toronto is one of those cities now, legitimately. People are like, yo, Toronto. I go to these clubs and I'm playing in Germany or in France or in Spain or something and people are showing up with Raptors jerseys or OVO mm-hmm. hats and stuff like that because yeah. they understand and they like it. They're, they're hungry for our culture in the same way that they used to be like New York. Yeah, yeah. It's the best comparison yeah. I could make. And I never thought it would happen, to be honest. I'm from the screw, screw face capital of the world. <laughs> I, I definitely had that similar attitude, but I really knew... It was on and popping when I was in India a couple of years ago and everyone was like, do you know Drake? Yeah. And like the clubs are banging. Hotline Bling was was big right. at the time and everyone was rocking it. And I was shocked because like India's quite a f- different culture than it there. Is. You know what I mean? So and it got all the way there and I was just like, wow. It's funny you say that. I just recently got some interest for a DJ tour in India and I haven't been to India yet. Okay. But somebody's reached out and be like, yo, I'd like to bring you to India. And I know that has a lot to do with everything that's happening in Toronto. I mean, I'm, I know I'm great at what I do, mm-hmm. but there's a lot more than me or involved in the marketing of bringing me somewhere I haven't been. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of it is heavily that I am from Toronto. No doubt. Bring me along, man. I'll be your tour manager. I'll show you. Yeah. The I'll show you the locals. <laughs> do it. All the good spots exactly. Are. <laughs> Make sure I eat the right stuff and I do not eat the not right stuff. Yeah, yeah. You don't want that. That's deli always belly. a concern. <laughs> you don't yeah. want that deli belly. Yeah, that is a concern in some countries when I'm like, everyone's like, "Yo, the street food is amazing," and I'm like, "But I'm not from here." Yeah, yeah, am yeah, I gonna yeah. die? Yeah, yeah. For the most part, you're good. You just have to, you know, with, with anywhere, you just gotta watch out. Yeah. Watch out and be be a little bit yeah, careful yeah. there. But um, I want to ask you about 2016 All-Star Game. How fucking cold was it in this city? I was embarrassed. I know. I was embarrassed (laughs) because everyone always, like, I hate, hate, hate the perception (laughs) of people who don't know any better. I'm going to call them ignorant because that's what they are. When they're like, Canada, oh, freezing, igloos, whatever, whatever. It's like, come on, man. Like, educate yourself. Yeah. But it was that, that week, (laughs) that entire week, everyone that came up. They were like, "This is how it is all the time, man." I knew it. I'm like, "Ah, yeah, no, that it was it was not Mother like, Nature." No, we hate it too. Pee. This yeah. is ridiculous. It's never this cold. It, it, it was brutal. It was sub zero, dude. And it was like, like, and people like from the states were saying the same thing too. Yeah, they were just like, "What the hell? This is Canada," and like they were on some Game of Thrones shit. Yeah, over and like, and there wasn't really shit we could say because we're like, "Fine, fine, it's cold. Yes, it's cold, but we hated it too. It was like minus forty all week. Yeah, and then the week after it was." Back to I know, I know, but it was still what what a what a time that was, eh? What a what a time to be alive. Yeah, that was the craziest week I've ever had in this city. Yeah, straight up, like I played in seven days. I think I did like thirteen or fourteen events. Oh wow, I made so much money that week. (laughs) I caked that week because I was at the center of it. Like yeah, yeah. At the NBA All-Star Game in Toronto, I'm the Toronto Raptors DJ. We're the hosts. I I got booked for everything, including the actual All-Star Game. Yeah, yeah. Which was stressful as hell. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, was was there a lot of like, what was the prep like? What was what was that w- specific gig like? That it was super stressful because normally I'm used to working with my game operations team, mm-hmm. and we got it down like it's yeah. clockwork with yeah. us. But the way they do the All Star Game is how I found out and learned that time is they pick like an All Star team of game operations people from around the league. Okay, and lump them all together. 
for this one production. Wow. So guys who've never worked together. All of these people, most of them, some of them know of each other or know each other. Some Mm -hmm. have worked together, but a lot of them have not worked together before. Mm -hmm. And they're all put together to say, put on this production. And and then egos come into play. And then, I don't know. It's just a lot of cooks. Mm -hmm. And everybody's great at what they do, but they do it with their teams respectively. So to come in... People are trying to be like, no, this is how we do it. No, this is how we do it. No, this is how we do it. And that kind of thing, I'm sure it happens in a lot of different places. But that was a lot. It was just a lot of cooks putting on one production. And my experience of it, it was fantastic to be able to do that and be on that stage and whatnot. But it was just so much, so different than what I'm normally used to with the my own team that I work with mm-hmm. on a regular basis. And I know I'm probably whining about something that doesn't like it's obvious. Like of course it's gonna be more difficult working with new people for three days mm-hmm. than working with the same people for years. Yeah, yeah. I am sure our listeners don't have too much sympathy, but <laughs> I know. They're like, yeah, they're like preach. Fuck <laughs> off, dude. You played at the All Star game. Shut up. <laughs> but no, it was just like I enjoyed the week a lot. Yeah. The game itself, honestly, I didn't even see any of the game because I was so focused on making sure that I was doing a good yeah, job. Yeah. Whereas normally, I'm able to watch the game yeah. and kill it. I've yeah. always, so that's, I've always that's my that's my takeaway from it. Mm-hmm. But it was a great experience, and I would definitely do it again. Yeah, I've always been curious about the process, like uh, when you prep for a game, like specifically, and like like what's that process like? Like where do you like how much do you bring to the table? How much are you? Are your hands tied with certain things? Like, um, well, they're they're pretty free actually. As far as what I can play, I can play anything that I want as long as I keep it clean and I keep it diverse. Dope. What about pusher? What do you mean? Can it be played? Or is there no oh, pusher yeah. rule? No, no, no. There's no. Honestly, anything to do with the whole with with what Drake likes and what Drake doesn't like yeah. does not apply at the Raptors. Yeah, it's yeah. bigger than that. Yeah, yeah. That production is bigger than rap beef. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. I've I've always played Chris Brown, for example, even though mm-hmm. he's squashed beef with Chris Brown recently. Yeah, yeah. I've always played Meek Mill, mm-hmm. even though he's crush, squashed with Meek now. Yeah. Like, that doesn't play into this. It's This is a presentation on the world stage. This is professional sports. Yeah. Personal beef is not involved mm-hmm. here mm-hmm. at all. So back to, yeah, the prep. Is there a lot of prep before each game, or is it, like, mostly uh, the lion's share of the, the meetings and the, the, the strategies and whatever come before the season? Um, no. I mean, it is kind of a, I don't want to say turnkey, but like there's a structure mm-hmm. to it that applies to most games. And then individual things are plugged in based on what it is that has to be done mm-hmm. or presented or what have you for a particular game. So and, and there's other people controlling like more of the chant based stuff and things like that. And Yeah, yeah. The yeah. chants, the little instrumentals while during gameplay and all that, that's not me. That mm-hmm. comes from the control room yeah. on like a touchscreen Let's go Raptors, defense, all yeah, that kind of, course, of stuff. Of course, I play all the actual songs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. and so people get that mixed up goes. too because yeah. sometimes I get some hate mail on Twitter. Be like, "Oh man, why are you still playing?" Forgot about Dre. While they, <laughs> I'm like, number one, fantastic record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's classic. And number two, I don't play that. And number three, while that's playing, the game is on. Watch the game. Yeah, 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 yeah. So whatever. But everyone's gonna have their opinion. Not, not, nobody's ever happy all the time. But as the, most DJs know that very yeah, well. Yeah. But <laughs> the people that are that have me there, the people that have hired me and that I work with are ecstatic with the way that I do it. And that's what matters to me. And the fans like I get so much love 
from the fans, like in game and online. It's and the players too. Is there yeah. fe- is there feedback and requests and different things? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Like no, not too no. much requests because they kind of are there to do their job. Of course, but feedback yeah for sure oh so you, you kind of get to know what certain players yeah like and i and even just during the game i see them dancing to certain yeah. things i'm like okay cool it's been brought to my attention that Kawhi leonard loves kendrick lamar Don't. so i'll make sure i throw in some kendrick for sure when i when i get a chance because of course i wanted him to like feel a vibe for sure and, and i noticed the pa system has the yak 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 yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. that's when he scores yeah, yeah yeah that's what we do that's dope. Um, so I'm sure you've been asked this a ton of times, but um, you know our listeners want to know how how did you kind of land that gig? I think it was kind of by fluke, right? No, not by fluke, but it was. Um, I actually made a YouTube video about it because this okay. is like the most asked question that I get. Number one, question number one is how did you become the Raptors DJ? Mm-hmm. Question number two is do you know Drake? Of course. <laughs> um, yeah, it was. Uh, how would I put it most eloquently? It was opportunity meeting preparation yeah it was i did a few things that put me in the position to be in front of the right person and doing those things in the process involved a lot of practice basically a t- long and short of it yeah so i got this opportunity to dj at roots canada the, the store on weekends and i took it the offer was put out to me and a couple other friends mm-hmm. they were further along in their dj career than i was I was like, I just want to DJ anywhere. If I can get paid, that's cool. I got paid 10 bucks an hour to oh, DJ. Wow. Crazy. So it was like an employee. Mm-hmm. And I was like, sick. I get to DJ. And then I had like a Saturday night gig at some point. So I would DJ all day and then go to my gig and then go back Sunday morning. And like, I was like, you know what? This is dope. Yeah. And it was, I had to keep it clean mm-hmm. and I had to keep it diverse. So I learned a lot of, learned how to, like, the, the, the as a DJ, you guys know, you got to know your records to be able to play them right. You can't just like, we grew up hearing everything, but unless you're spinning them, you don't understand them. Yeah, of you course. You don't analyze them. Yeah. So doing that for years, I was able to analyze all this music. I'm playing rock. I'm playing reggae. I'm playing house. I'm playing like all this kinds of music together to make people have a good time in the store. Mm-hmm. Skip ahead to they started doing events at their Yorkville location, which was a little bit ritzier. Yeah. And the this one event that I was doing there the VP of marketing for MLSC, Maple Leaf Sports, that owns the Raptors, happened to be at this party. I'm doing my thing as normal, playing all this kind of music and like chopping it up in, in a creative way. And she comes over and was like, yo, this is dope. Um, we actually, me and my associates went to Miami and saw that they have a DJ in arena, mm-hmm. DJ Irie, who's the first sports DJ. Yeah, He's the G. Yeah. Um, we saw that they do that there. We're thinking about doing it here, but like, we don't know any like who would be the right fit but like what you're doing right now this is amazing would you be interested and i pounced on the opportunity made sure i like didn't let her forget about it blah 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 Mm -hmm. and got a chance to do it and we tried it out and it worked and did it next the next year and it continued to work and 14 years later i'm here boom that's dope so it's like i earned the shit yeah by doing what it is that i do if i was just playing a straight hip-hop set at that party Mm -hmm. No way she would have been interested. Yeah. It's because I was playing hip hop and rock and reggae and dance and, you know, Latin and whatever else I was yeah. playing, Motown, like whatever. In a way, it was a similar vibe to what happens at the game on a much, much smaller scale. Absolutely. Yeah. It was what they were looking for, what they had in mind mm-hmm. before they knew it. Yeah. Dope, dope. 
what other kind of stuff were you doing around that time, like other than the Roots gig? Were you Not doing? a whole lot, to be no. honest. Yeah, I was yeah. playing like whatever club gigs I could get, opening slots. Yeah. Like a few promoters give me a shot to Dope. like open up, play from 10 to 10.45 <laughs> yeah, yeah. at parties or whatever. And oddly enough, the part, my partner and I at the time, we created a flyer business like running flyers for promoters as a means to get in the good books with the promoters. Okay. So we're like, they're the ones that throw the parties. We need to get on their good sides. We just rolled up and we're like, yo, how can we help? Hustle. We don't want to do anything. We don't want anything in return. We're just like, how can we help? Dope. And started, well, we need people to run flyers. Okay, sick. We ran, We worked out like a little fee. It was not a lot. And one particular promoter, and I know it's funny because he will, to this day, take credit for launching our career my career it's not fucking it's, true it's funny how people like to do that <laughs> yeah, yeah it's not true and i tell them all the time like fuck off i did this but you helped you were one of the pieces yes 100 percent. snowstorm in toronto didn't think we were going to show up because it's a snowstorm and we and he stepped out of the club and we were there handing out flyers and like oh shit you guys are for real and he put me on a party and then I still had to do what I did at the party. And of like course, grow of course. And like marketing was always a thing with me. And like a lot of things went into building what it is that I built. But every little thing counts. It's like you're saying too. It's preparation meets opportunity, yeah. right? You, can't, like, you don't just get put on. You have to be in the position and be good enough. For sure. That when you get an opportunity, you smash it. For sure. And then that becomes a level up to the next opportunity. And it sounds like you were kind of, you were banging down doors and kind of getting creative with how you got your foot in the door too, which which is dope. That's why I don't understand. Like a lot of DJs ask me, yo man, how do I get gigs? Whatever, whatever. It's like, do you go to clubs? Get out there, meet Mm. people. Do you, like, doesn't it make common sense if you want to play at club club A, go to club A, meet the people who make that party happen Yeah, Mm -hmm. and get to know them? Yeah. Like, don't harass them and put me on. Get to actually get to know them. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't think that people understand what networking means anymore. For sure. And it's very frustrating. It's not. Me. It's not just social media. It's it's getting out yeah. there and being yeah. in the physical yeah. presence. And of it's people. not. And it's not. Hey, hi. I'm so and so. This is what I do. Help me. Yeah. No. 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 It's hey. I'm so and so. This is what I do. Can I buy you a drink? Can I help you? Yeah. Yeah. yeah can yeah. I help you? Yeah, yeah. How can I help you? Yeah. Yeah. Because I would, even if you want to s- slide it in there, you know what? I would love to DJ here at some point, but I know I'm not there yet. But in the meantime, how can I help you? I see what you're doing. How can I help? Don't. That's literally what I did. And and a few guys were like, okay, cool. Well, run flyers. Yeah. No problem. Dope, dope. And Good. yeah, just talking to you, it seems like uh, not not a lot was beneath you or you weren't like looking down on certain tasks or, or, or nah, jobs. Man. You got you to gotta put in the work, right? You have to understand that you're not in, you're not entitled to anything. Mm-hmm. Nobody should do anything for you just because you have to earn it. Yeah. You have to. Why should they? Give mm-hmm. them a reason. Yeah. Why should somebody help you? Yeah. Absolutely. And and money's not always the biggest motivation, especially in the the beginning. It's about getting out there yeah. and and proving 100%. yourself and and networking and doing all that stuff too. 100%. And yeah. I hope the people understand. I try to preach it like I I know I come off preachy with it sometimes because it's just so important that like you got to know if you want to do like if you want to be in the NBA, practice your jump shot. Mm-hmm. Like it only makes sense. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I guess people have different motivations. Um, some people are are entitled. Some people, 
it's not for the love. Some people, it's for the notoriety, the fame. Some people want to just flex on Instagram. So, right. you know, you got the whole mixed bag of, of what people's motivations are and what they're actually wanting to achieve. But usually the people that put in the work are the ones that, that succeed. Yeah. The odd times some other people squeak through. Mm-hmm. We know that. <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah. You can't be mad. Whatever. They found a way. Awesome. Sure. So rewinding a bit, how did you kind of get into this whole DJing thing? Because from my understanding, it wasn't something that you were always like, kind of like no. I'm going to be a DJ. No, it wasn't. It was kind of, that was more of an accident. Yeah. Like me becoming a DJ was more of an accident that turned into a blessing. Mm-hmm. I, speaking of basketball, I played, ba- I played sports all my young life. Mm-hmm. Like from elementary school through high school, my focus was always sports. I just loved sports. I played basketball. I ran track and field. I played volleyball, like everything. Mm-hmm. And basketball was my favorite. Mm-hmm. And I understood that at 5'8", it's going to be difficult for me to be a professional basketball player. I have to be that much better than someone who's 6'8". Mm-hmm. But I enjoyed it so much that I was like, you know what? I'm going to give it a shot, see what happens. Deep down, I don't think I really, really, really lived it. Mm-hmm. But I, 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 I played it. I played at high levels. I did, did the basketball camps. And then it wasn't until I got to university. I went to York University here in Toronto. And I tried out for the varsity basketball team and barely did not make it. Mm-hmm. And the guy that beat me out, it was a political th- situation. He was a little bit taller than me. His dad was a coach mm-hmm. at a different school, blah, blah, blah. But regardless, I wasn't clearly better than he was mm-hmm. good enough to make that team. Yeah. Point being, at that point, now I had a lot of free time because I was used to playing organized sports all the time. And when you don't have practices and games, that frees up a lot of time. And I was like, well, what the hell do I do now? But at that time, I had just gotten into going to parties because the university party scene was popping at yeah. the time. And I discovered DJing. And I, I'd always known about Jazzy Jeff mm-hmm. and like Kid Capri and like how cool that was to see them rock the party. But I never really considered it. But when I think back, I'd always been buying records. My dad had turntables. I was fooled around and scratched and stuff, but I never took it seriously. When I started going to parties, I revisited that and started kind of actually kind of taking it seriously. A friend of mine had an older brother that was a DJ at a local club, too, so we would go see him. We'd go home, fool around, try to do what he did. Mm -hmm. And eventually, like very quickly, I started to really enjoy it, and I was getting good at it. Like the older brother there was like, oh, shit. How long you been doing this? Yeah, yeah. So like it's it started it, it seemed like it was coming natural. Then I started doing like a birthday party here, like mm. whatever, whatever community center party, and it just started growing into something that me and my boy were like, "Yo, we could like maybe do this." Yeah. So we started opening for his big brother at the club that he was playing at, and step by step, we just it just became apparent that you know what, maybe this is a thing. Yeah. And then. At some point, I don't even remember when it was that it clicked. That I was like, you know what, I'm gonna do this for real. Yeah, and yep. I never looked back. And, and in those early times, can you remember what was like the 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 big it factor for you? Was it the ladies? Was it controlling the crowd? Was it the money? Probably not the money. No, not the money because there was definitely <laughs> not, not a lot of money yeah, yeah. being set up. <laughs> it was honestly at that time I started going to parties. I always loved music. My dad was a musician. Mm-hmm. And, like, I grew up with this vast record collection in my house and music all around. So, like, music was in me. I got to the clubs, and I enjoyed it. And I looked around the room at the characters that are in that play. Yeah, yeah. And the DJ seemed like the coolest dude in the room. Yeah. Like, 
he's a fucking man. Like <laughs> he's sat up there controlling the energy of this entire room, and everybody's loving him the if he's doing a good master. job. And like being like a you know nineteen year old dude, like I want to, you know, I want to flex. I want to like I want the girls to like pay attention. I want to have fun. I want to like I want to pick the songs. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. I I like music. I want to be the one that gets to pick the songs so I can hear that. Like people ask me, yo, who's your favorite DJ? But like, I'm my favorite DJ. I play all my favorite songs. You know what I mean? I play what I want to hear at all times. So of course I'm my favorite. So I was like, if I'm going to be here, I'm not going to be, I'm going to be this guy or that guy or that guy. I'm going to be that guy. Yeah. So I started hovering around the DJ with like all of us DJs do when we go to a party. Yeah. And, but naturally, like I didn't know that that's what DJs did. I just wanted to see what the hell was going on Yeah. and how you're doing this and what, like, what about this? Like, what is it? Like, I didn't even understand it completely. I was just like, how did the song never stop? Yeah. I think it's a foreign foreign concept for a lot of people who don't understand DJing. Like, if someone comes and touches your mixer or checks it out, they're like, how do you know what you're playing next? Yeah. Like, just very, very yeah. basic things that are, like, second nature to us now. Right. So I understood scratching. Yeah. I understood you play one song, and because my dad had a little shitty mixer and like two turntables, I understood that okay, the crossfader makes this song play or this song play depending on what side you put it on. And mm-hmm. I understood that part, but the way that they were doing it, and I'm talking like the DJs that I was watching at that time were the Baby Blue Sound Crew oh, yeah, at okay. the time when they were like the biggest shit. They had yeah, a record yeah, deal. Yeah. They're like they're killing it. Um, those starting from were, scratch, those parties are so good. Yeah, <laughs> starting from scratch, Doctor J, DJ yeah. Chief. Yeah, like these were the legendary DJs from here that I was like, how the hell did you take two, those two songs and make it sound like that? Mm-hmm. And I was just trying to analyze this shit. And I would look at it. I would stand there and then I'd go home and, at four o'clock in the morning and try to copy what I heard. And I just kept doing that. And they started to notice and I wasn't getting in the way. I wasn't an idiot. Yeah. So they were like, you know, some of them started to take a liking to me and whatnot. And like, I got to the point where I like, I could go early and help them carry their crates in so I can get in for free. Mm-hmm. And I could chill in the DJ booth where other people weren't allowed to be there yeah. and that kind of thing. I could hit them up on MSN Messenger. This is <laughs> dating myself. <laughs> and be like, yo, I saw that you did this or what makes you do that or blah, blah, blah. And they would actually answer me and give me like real you know, mm-hmm. feedback. And I just picked their brains as much as I could, I, I, like observed as much as I could and just, I loved it so much that I just wanted to be it. Mm-hmm. You're just a big sponge. Yeah, I was a sponge and I was a fan. Yeah. I'm still a fan. I'm a fan of DJing. Like when I see a dope DJ, I'm like, yeah. yeah. You know I what mean, I mean? That's why we're here. We're we're you know we're all DJs, but we we started this podcast up because we're fans too. We yeah. want to hear the story. We want to archive this shit. Absolutely, absolutely. So like that's kind of what got me into DJing, and it was the best choice I've made in my entire life. Yeah. Clearly, it is. Um, so, when when did shit really start to pop off? When you started to kind of open for 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 your homie there? Is that when you? F- no, that was still pretty early. Like shit wasn't popping at all. We kind of sucked, to be honest. Yeah. Like we didn't really understand how to rock a crowd. We knew yeah. how to play musically. We didn't been doing it in the basement, mm-hmm. but to do it in front of people is something different. So we had to learn all over again. It's a, tr- it's a trial that. and error process yeah. for sure, seeing how people react to certain records and, and the flows of the nights and stuff like Absolutely. that. Absolutely. And at that time, it was a lot more cutthroat than it seems to be now. Like I, mm. I speak to a lot of people that go to parties and like DJs nowadays 
not just in this city, but in a lot of cities, but I'm speaking specifically of Toronto, it was cutthroat here. Like, if you were a DJ and you were not bringing it, you would get cut. Screwface yeah. capital. Yeah, like, yeah. the crowd would let you know, the promoter would let you know, and other DJs would be like, you're done. Come yeah. off. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas nowadays, it doesn't seem like that's a thing anymore. It's just, like, there's one DJ for the night, and as long as he plays the songs, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Good point. I, I didn't I didn't really think about that because you would get yanked pretty yeah, quick. Absolutely. <laughs> You'd you get yanked pretty if quick. If you were around, oh, like you could get yanked by DJs who were not even DJing that night. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they could be like, yo, this guy sucks. Get who's next. Get him off. Yeah. Change. And you would be like, you would have no, everybody would be backed them up. Yeah. Like there was a time, like it started from scratches in the party and he doesn't like what you're doing. If you're shitting up the dance, Yeah. he would be like, you're done. Next. Who's next? Yeah, yeah, who's yeah. next? And everybody would be like, hey, man, it is yeah. what it is. Uh, you're conjuring up images of guys. Like, I'm starting to remember guys with their heads slunk in their crates and their <laughs> hand walking out of the club. <laughs> Not a good feeling. I'm I'm proud to say that it's never really happened to me, but kind of happened to me. I've kind of gotten the the elbow like, yo, you better pick it up or, yeah, yeah. or you know what? Play a couple more and then... <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna take over <laughs> yeah yeah i mean that's in the nature of every dj yeah. you have to be like you could do this a little better yeah you know you know what i mean and so like that's the training ground those are the trenches that i i, I went through to get to the point where i like like no man i'm rocking this shit yeah and nobody can take me off because like you're not gonna do it better than me yeah you know what i mean that's that's the goal yeah that was always the goal but yeah it didn't become not nah, shit was not popping yet mm-hmm. shit didn't really pop until I really, really made the, the, the real decision to do this for real. And that's when I quit my day job. Yeah. Like, I, I remember I used to work at Rogers Customer Service for the cellular phone the company. And when I first started going there, it was great. As I discovered DJing really and, like, got more serious with it, I realized, like, yo, man, what am I doing spending my time all day arguing with people about their phone bill when I could be working on trying to get my DJ shit off? Mm-hmm. And then I started, went from full-time to part-time and eventually quit because, like, I couldn't do it. I couldn't even sit there for four hours because I was thinking about what I could be doing towards what I actually want to do. And it was when I made that decision to quit the day job, dive in 100%, and, you know? Yeah. Taking that leap of faith, I think, yeah. is a big fly or die. For a lot of, yeah, for fly a lot or of die. DJs. And I think that's what kind of distinguishes the people who do make it or have success in this game is because I think people want that safety net always or are scared to, you know, so some, you know, like that old thing when when you're finding a new job in the corporate world, people are like, you better have something else lined up. <laughs> it's like, no, fuck that, man. You need to sometimes just yeah. burn that bridge and and have a fire under your ass. Hey man, like I made this this was a long time ago and I made that decision and I look back and I'm like, wow, holy fuck, I did that. Yeah. But like I know now that yeah, you you have to do that. Mm-hmm. At that time I was really really taking a risk. Yeah. I was like, I don't know if I should be doing this, but I just feel compelled that I have to. Yeah. And I did. And and at that time was it as saturated as it is now no, with DJs? No, 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 no. <laughs> it wasn't always this cool to be a DJ, to be yeah. honest. Like DJs knew that it's cool. Yeah. People at parties kind of knew, but it was never, even like for the average person going to parties, most of them never been like, oh, I could do that or I want to do that. Yeah, yeah. Because to be a DJ at that time was very, very expensive. For sure, yeah. It was very expensive and very misunderstood. Yeah. Yeah. Very expensive. You had to buy the records. Misunderstood as in it wasn't like, it was at some point that, 
DJs became being viewed as the new rock stars. Mm-hmm. And it was at that point that a lot of people were like, ooh, maybe I should be a DJ. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think Vegas had a big part to do with that when they started kind of bringing DJs from the back of the club, like in the little DJ booth to like front and center. Right. And it was kind of like, oh, yeah. shit. Like, and that's then a, when that's like thing, you know? the electronic music boom came, then they, sure. they started calling it EDM. Yep. And these are superstar DJs getting paid a lot of money and being on these big stages. I think at that point, people started understanding DJ culture and also it had gone digital. So it was a lot less expensive yeah, to easier, have a collection of music. access mm-hmm. for sure. So all of those factors made for this oversaturation of DJs. But prior to that, pre all of that, it was not a thing that people aspired to do. I think more of my friends wanted to be rappers than DJs. Mm -hmm. For sure. You know what I mean? So that it wasn't that. But that meant that if you were the DJ, you had to be good. Yeah. Now it's (laughs) not exactly that anymore because there's so many that like, I don't know how promoters and club owners even decide at this point you know what i mean because they're looking at their bottom dollar versus the quality and then they're looking at their clientele and they're like well if people are happy and i can spend less money isn't that the best business move yeah and i don't even blame them it Mm -hmm. sucks but i don't blame them but put a good dj in that room and you see the difference for sure for sure sure i think that's you've noticed that too like just the the undercutting and guys will do do gigs for like do like five six hours for 150 bucks yeah you know, yeah. so, so obviously the you know good, yeah. it's a good business model good for DJs them. DJs aren't cheap, <laughs> and cheap DJs aren't good, right? It's exactly. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. How, how many times a week these days does someone come up to, to you and say, "Yo, Four Corners, I'm a DJ too"? <laughs> oh my god! How many times a week? How many times an hour? <laughs> Seriously, um, that's joke. So uh, you you've talked before about uh, the DJ business is very much a referral based business, and you've uh, you've fostered good relations. Um, can you kind of give some insight into that for some of the, you know the newer guys, up and coming guys? Because you can't just be in your little vacuum or your no, you know, hundred percent. Like you got it. Like I was saying earlier about networking. Networking is not just shooting out a bunch of DMs mm-hmm. on Instagram and expecting the world to bow at your feet. Mm-hmm. Networking is going out and actually meeting people, humans, mm-hmm. <laughs> and like not asking for stuff all the time but making legitimate relationships, building friendships, offering things. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Value add. Yeah. Like, I don't understand, and it, it blows my mind how anybody can think it's a good idea to ask a stranger for something without offering something. Mm-hmm. Why? Yeah, yeah. Why? Like, the amount of DMs specifically that I get, like, for example, last week, I played uh, a song by a young Toronto artist by the name of Young Tory. Okay, I'm fucking with Young Tory. I like what he's doing. Mm-hmm. His music is good. His marketing is on point. Like his team, they're doing a good job. Yeah. So when I see that happening, I'm like, I'm gonna do my part to help give you a boost because you need to be heard. For sure. You need to be seen. People need to know about you outside yeah. of this city. It's yeah. important that yeah. I, as a DJ, build real talent from my city. That's an important thing to me. That's awesome. On the flip side. On the flip, <laughs> the minute I play Young Tory, my DMs start getting flooded with all these SoundCloud links and YouTube links and yeah. WeTransfer links. And most of them, Trash. unfortunately, do not know how to ask uh, a DJ to play their record. Yeah. They're all coming on some very entitled, yo, play my shit, or yo, I'm the hottest new. Or some of them don't even say anything. They just put a link in there. 
Mm-hmm. Like, well, what am I supposed to do with that? I've seen that happen. I've seen that shit happens to me sometimes <laughs> in a live setting too, right? Yeah. It's like, yo, dog, plug in my phone, bro. Like, you got to hear yeah. this shit. I'm like. Right. And the first question that any of these artists, that what you need to ask yourself is, why should the DJ do that? Why? Mm-hmm. For what reason? Of course. For what reason? If I were to flip it, if you're you're an artist and I'm a rapper, I could I should just be up to roll in the studio and be like, "Yo, put me on your song." Mm-hmm. You'd yeah. be like, "Who the fuck are you?" Yeah, 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 yeah. There's a proper way to approach it too. You know what I mean? Like I, I admire the hustle in some of these young cats, but like there's a proper way to about doing things. You know what networking, I mean? Networking, proper networking, yeah. build a relationship. Yep. Yeah. For sure. Build you know a relationship I mean? first where you're not asking for shit. Yeah. You're showing you're a good dude, good person. And here's, here's, let me throw this one out there. I think it makes perfect sense, but nobody seems to understand it. If you're an artist and you want a DJ to play your records, go to that DJ's parties and support. Yeah. Just show up. Mm-hmm. Show up, say what up. Show up, say what up, have a good time. Say, okay, get- good night. Great set. <laughs> yeah. Good night. Yeah. Do that a few times and then say, hey, man. I don't know if you remember me. Like I've, you know, I've introduced myself a few times. Whatever. I'm actually an artist. Like if you're ever looking for music, mm. you know, or if you if you wouldn't mind, I'd love to send you some music. Yeah, I'm way more inclined to listen to your music now mm-hmm. than if you just shoot me a DM with a link. For sure. Because I know you. You've yeah. come to su- you want me to support you. Yeah. You've come to support me. Okay. Let me let me listen. Mm-hmm. If I like it, cool. If I don't like it, I will even give you the dignity of some feedback. Yeah. Because you showed support, I will show support. Give and take. Yeah. Not just take. For you sure. can't just expect. And that sense of entitlement doesn't fly with me and with most established DJs, I'm sure. Yeah. And and from the DJ perspective, so we're talking about some artist artist side of things, um, you know, singers, rappers, etc. What what kind of advice would you give the the young DJ to you know obviously same things networking, but specifically for a DJ to kind of foster those relationships, get put on a bit. So be a hu- same thing, be a human being. Like I said, mm-hmm. if you want to play at a certain club, go to that club mm-hmm. as a as a patron. Yeah, meet the people who make it happen, and introduce yourself. Don't ask for anything. Just introduce yourself. Be around. No doubt. Become friends if your personalities click. If not, be nice enough that at least they know you and whatever. But, like, if you think about it, a promoter or a club owner is much more likely to give you a shot if they know you and take a liking to you mm-hmm. rather than if you just cold call them and just step up and be like, yo, put me on. Mm-hmm. Be like, how many people do you think are asking to be put on? Of yeah. the 30 DJs that have asked this month to be put on, when I have an opportunity, I will put on the one that is my friend or yeah. I kind of know. Yeah. And has been nice to me mm-hmm. and has not been a dick, <laughs> especially in today's like we're saying in today's like landscape. It's like so oversaturated with yeah. DJs. Right. So you, you got to do stuff that that will set you apart. Yeah, for sure. Human things have become way more important now than they have been there. These are like common things that over the years as we've grown up have just it's just what you do. Yeah. 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 And they're foreign concepts. They're foreign concepts now. Really it's funny. You explain some of this stuff. They're like, really? That yeah. works. <laughs> it's like, no yeah. shit. It works. Yeah. You mean, what do you, you so I should talk to the person yeah. like a human being mm-hmm. and then maybe they'll help me. I should offer them some, something that might be helpful to mm-hmm. 
in exchange for helping me, that works. And yeah. I think that relates to life in general, in in all businesses, in all different aspects, right? You know, absolutely, absolutely. So I don't know where people are going with that, but I think that's something that they definitely need to take a step back and realize. And as young DJs, you want to get into any particular scene, or you want to get in good with somebody, or you want to play somewhere, go to that place and be a human being. Mm-hmm. Dope. Great advice. That's all you can give. I try. <laughs> yeah, so let's let's get back to some fun, fun DJ talk now. We gave a little business advice. We chopped it up that way. Um, so y- you you tour like crazy. You play a big arena. You must have your share of horror stories and, and good stories alike. Can you like give us a good little horror story to start with? I would say the biggest horror story I have is, and I know I'm not the only one, I remember exact. I don't remember when it was, but I remember it was in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Yeah, it was at a club called Opus. That's no longer there, mm-hmm. but Opus was a moment in my career. It was like this restaurant, like a legitimately a restaurant, a small, medium-sized restaurant. That at nights on the weekend, this one promoter decided we're going to throw parties here, mm-hmm. and it became the wildest shit in the city. Like it was like jumping off the tables, like champagne showers like crazy in this small room that held Mm. probably 200 people jammed Mm -hmm. like shoulder to shoulder and it wasn't supposed to be that it just turned into that and it ran for like a good two three years and i went from playing there like once every four or five months to like almost every month because me and my partner at the time we just built this vibe this following there and we would click with the promoter and like we were just there constantly yeah so, at one of these wild events, DJ booth full of girls, rocking it out, whatever, this girl had her drink and reached over to tell me something or ask for something or whatever the hell she's trying to say. I know where this is going. And spilled her vodka cranberry all into the keys of my keyboard. Luckily, it still worked, but the keys, a lot of the keys stopped working. Yeah. So me trying to type the names of songs became very, very, very difficult. Mm-hmm. I made it through that party, but this was in the middle of a, I want to say like a six or seven date tour. Yeah. So I had to literally go and buy a new computer the next morning to, to be able to finish this tour. Yeah. And I, I would like to say I learned since that, but I haven't. <laughs> yeah. I still have here. I'm very more, I'm way more like strict about people being around my laptop yeah, with drinks. Yeah. Like it's a no fly zone. Yeah, yeah. But I still love the energy of having people around yeah. me when I'm DJing. Yeah. I know some DJs are like, nobody touch me. Nobody talk to me. I'm focused. Mm-hmm. I'm the party guy. I like to have the party in the booth yeah, yeah, and in I'm front of me. Yeah, yeah like you're, you're like that too. Yeah. Dude. yeah you like, like feed off peeps. that energy. Yeah. That makes me, that puts me in the best possible mood. Yeah. I don't want, to l- the party to be over there and I'm over here. I want to be in the middle of the party. Yeah, yeah some boiler room shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so it- that's how I create that vibe is like I invite people into the whether it's my homies or like some girls or whatever. For sure, I like to have energy around me. So that's but yeah, watch out for that. <laughs> yeah, and and it's um it's always nice to have some trusted homies to swerve requests and kind of watch out. Oh yeah, <laughs> watch out <laughs> yeah, on yeah, the yeah, peripheral yeah. for you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It used to be. The the partner I refer to a lot yeah. was an MC. He was my MC. Okay. So it used to be him that I that anybody would come for a request, I'd just point at him. Yeah. And they would talk to him and he would filter them. Tell me the good ones, don't tell me the other ones. He would always just like nod at me and I would nod at him so they would be satisfied. Yeah. 
now actually my girlfriend rolls with me a lot yeah. to my gigs and she's the filter <laughs> so she knows the, the drill too i was like yo don't tell me the request if it's stupid yeah Sometimes she still will tell me. I'm like, dude, come on, man. Why would you tell me that? <laughs> but for the most part, she's like the wall that mm-hmm. it doesn't get past that to me. Because yeah. I don't, I don't like, we know, I don't want to take requests unless they're a unique request. Don't mm-hmm. ask me to play sicko mode. I'm going to play sicko mode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the hottest hip hop song out right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's a hip hop art. Come on, man. We'll I don't there. understand we'll how there. people just don't have the common sense to figure. You know what it is? And I'll tell you, this, this applies in everything to do with DJing, including people sending me requests to play at Raptors games. Because at the games, they put my my Twitter handle on I, the screen. I, I noticed that. Is that just this year? Or is it always no, it's been? Okay, been for a few I, years. I just kind of noticed it because I guess we were prepping for this, and I was just paying a little yeah, more yeah, attention. Yeah. It's been a few years, so they put my Twitter. I mean, people. It just says at Four Corners, so some people take that as Twitter, so which is what I would prefer. A lot of people take that take that as Instagram. Mm-hmm. So either way, I get bombarded with requests, whether it be artists wanting wanting me to play their songs or just people wanting to hear songs that they like. There, as well as in nightclubs, people don't think about what makes sense. They think about what they want. So at a sporting event, I'm not going to play Post Malone, White Iverson, because it's essentially a slow jam. That's not going to pump anybody up in an arena. But you would be surprised how many requests I got for that because the word Iverson is in it. They think, oh, it's basketball related. Okay, cool. He'll probably play it. I'm like, no, man. I'm not going to play it. Just like at if I'm playing a, a hip hop set at a club mm-hmm. and somebody asks me for like some hard electro song, can you play Tiesto, this classic Tiesto record? Like, does it make sense to anything that you've heard here tonight? Yeah. Well, no, but I like it. <laughs> never fails, man. It right? never fucking fails. Like, I love when somebody asks for a request that is in line with what I'm playing right now. Mm-hmm. Like, if I go into a reggae set and they ask for some Vibes Cartel, I'm like, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. Or I'm probably going to play some anyway. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. That makes sense. But also, how about just have a good time and let the DJ play music? Yeah. yeah wait till you go home. Wait till right? you go home and play your own shit. Right? Yeah. Like, I don't know. I'm not one of those hardcore no request kind of guys. Because, mm-hmm. again, like I said, I like people around me. I want the energy, whatever, whatever. And that comes with it. People are going to oh, can you play my song? Whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, yes or no, or like it won't get to my ears or what have you. But. It's when people are insistent mm-hmm. and like, and let's be, let's be very clear. Everything we're talking about right now is so stupid like, <laughs> and meaningless yeah. in the real grand scheme of life. We're just, yeah, like, yeah. But we're, this is a DJ focused yeah. podcast. There's a bunch of mostly I, I, DJs listening. So right. that's I, I, I am able to take a step back and realize that what I do is not really that important, <laughs> but in the realm of what it is, it's so important. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me do my job like anything else. For you know sure, what I mean? Like, for sure. So, I'm not hardcore. Don't give me requests, but also I'm. But I'm very hardcore. Don't demand a request is, is an ask. It's not a demand. So you can ask me for anything. If I say no, don't be mad. And if you really want something that's really out of left field, I'm of the school of put some money on the mixer and then we'll talk. <laughs> I know some DJs are like, no, I'm not going to take any tips. That's disrespect. What am I a stripper? I'm like no. If you require a service, some things require a fee. Yeah. If you come and ask me for a song that I probably won't... Like, I remember I was playing in Whistler, B.C. one time. And this is like a classic story me and my homies have because I was playing with a couple, couple DJs. And this dude came over and said, if you play Suavemente right now, I'm going to get laid. <laughs> and we were How super... How much is that worth We were you? super <laughs> not playing anything that would, that would make sense. Yeah. 
dude, he's like, yo, guys, please, if you play it in like in the next five minutes, I'm gonna get laid. Like, I, I just please. And he put, he went into his pocket and took out probably all the money he had. It was like $163 or something like that. <laughs> like, very specific. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he definitely emptied his pocket. We were like, yoink, suavemente. <laughs> because, okay. I remember yeah, yeah, another yeah. time I was playing. I wonder how his night went. Hopefully he I did hope, get I hope we were able to <laughs> give him that alley-oop. I remember other times, like, I'm playing house and a guy, like, I remember one time, too, I was playing hip-hop, just transitioned to the house. To house music, a guy comes over and puts a hundred on the on the on the uh, the mixer. He's like, "Yo, play some hip hop." I played two more house songs and went back to hip hop yeah. <laughs> for a little bit, made him happy, and then went back to house because I'm trying to make everybody happy. But also, money talks. I'm not. I'm not. Let's money talks. The world, yeah. money talks. Facts. Yeah. Facts for sure. Now, I'm not saying I can be bought. You can't just like. But for the right price, I can play a song. Yeah. <laughs> that's not gonna hurt my set hey, you, you might get a few more notes on your mixers in the upcoming weeks now <laughs> that's right, that's right. I'm, putting, I'm putting that energy out there right now. if you want to hear your song i'm gonna get one of those you know those swipe things that you can put on your yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, phone yeah, so yeah, people yeah. can tap their credit card yeah yeah I do that that's <laughs> so speaking of what's popping you've been doing a lot of europe recently especially london you've been hitting up london, london is my shit yeah. How, what do you find like what's like what is there a difference between what pops off here and there? Yes and no. Other than Be- grime is because obviously here's big. the thing. Here's the thing. Everything that pops off everywhere else pops off in London. Yeah. Because they're aware. Just like we're all we're all on the internet. We all know what's hot. Mm-hmm. What have you? Everything like the popular songs here are the popular songs everywhere. But London is very specific in that they have their own scene mm-hmm. that has been built over decades. Yeah. They've always had their own thing. So their own, as you say, grime, their version of, of, of hip-hop. Mm-hmm. They have a very strong African influence. So yeah. Afrobeat has been huge there yeah. forever. And their house music scene is dope. And drum and bass and like rock in terms of like when we're talking like the Beatles and Rolling Stones and all that stuff, that's in the dirt there. Yeah. Yeah. Like all of that music is so authentically British mm-hmm. that my set's there. I can go way deeper on stuff than than I can in other places. Okay. So like grime, there are some huge grime artists that people outside of the UK don't really know. You know what I mean? Like people here, you can play some Skepta. Skepta has a hot song with ASAP Rocky. So, okay, cool. But if I play some old Skepta, people are like, what the hell is this? But in London, they're like, yo! You know what I mean? But there's a ton of artists that people have probably never even heard of here that are like pull-ups over there. You know, so like, and I fallen in love with that scene because it's such a dope, like, it's, just, it's really, really good music. Mm-hmm. And the energy is great. And the clubs are popping. Yeah. So I played London, I think, five times this summer. Yeah. I, 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 like I have a residency at a couple clubs there. Nice. But like, normally I do once every couple months. But for the summer, it just happened. I played like a bunch of times. Over there, and, and the preps for those sets, like you already probably are pulling out stuff that you're aware of, like the you know the yeah. older Skepta, whatever. Yeah. But how are you kind of keeping your finger on the pulse of what's kind of popping there? Well, I'm glad you asked. If you <laughs> log on to djcity.co.uk, <laughs> no, honestly, <laughs> a lot of people don't know. We'll talk about DJ City a little this bit. This guy in a just bit. perfectly <laughs> segued into the next topic. <laughs> um, DJ City, the record pool, the online record pool that I work for. Um, with is also has a very strong UK presence and so much so that there's a separate website Mm -hmm. for DJ City UK Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. If you have a membership with DJ City, you have access to DJ City UK also. Mm-hmm. You say password, whatever, and you go on that site, it has everything that the regular site has plus all the new UK shit. So my first place of reference to find out what's popping in the UK more even more so than talking to my UK DJ friends is I go on DJ City UK and I see what the charts are saying. I skim through the artists that I'm familiar with. I go through the new releases and just see what's popping and I find most of what I will possibly need to be able to spin and be up to date with what's popping over there. How, how are those lists curated? Uh, by DJs. Yeah. And yeah. so it just like that, they're it by work. DJs and by the algorithm uh, based on how many people download songs. Okay, so that's and how outside, of, yeah, and outside of that, there's a DJ City UK. Well, there's lots of DJ City um, playlists on Spotify, mm-hmm. and there's a DJ City UK playlist, and like that's the like the new new, yeah. like that's that's really really you need to know about this one this week, yeah. like that's there, and that's curated by DJs. Dope. So DJ City, you're now the uh, DJ City Canada Regional Director, man. Correct. Congratulations Thank on you. that. Thank and you. And congratulations on bringing like a, a stronger DJ City presence to Canada because it was, you know, it was more. It was you, lacking. Yeah. It was sure. lacking. Honestly, that's why I sought them out because I've been fucking with DJ City for years. I think it's the best DJ record pool. But beyond just being a record pool and like being the best place to get music as a DJ, clean versions, dirty versions, intro edits. Like specific, like exclusive remixes, all that. It's all on there. But aside from that, it's about culture building. So like, there's the blog that has DJ information, um, like pro tips, gear um, reviews, like events coverage, and like throwing our own events and all that kind of stuff. It's all on there. So like, if you're into DJ culture, you don't even have to be a DJ. To enjoy that, if you're into DJ culture, you can go there and find out what's happening around the world. They've really built a dope brand beyond just the record. Brand, yeah, and they've done they've done a really good job, and it just keeps to continue to grow, right? Like it's just growing precisely. Nonstop. And yeah. one of the main reasons for that is because like it's four an American quarters company. Is, four quarters <laughs> on <board. laughs> No, it's a it's a it's it's essentially an American company that's branched out and gotten the best possible representatives in different countries around the world. So there's DJ City France, there's DJ City UK, as I mentioned, there's Spain, there's Japan, there's like, you mean all these countries, and in each country there's a chapter of guys that are curators of what's happening, like they're the best people to, to be working with to know what's good. And now we have DJ City Canada. Like there's always been members, like I've been a member for years, but there wasn't really a formal DJ City Canada team of DJs, males and females, that are in the know of what's going on. So and what are some of the tasks then involved with that? Mainly title? it's to curate Canadian talent and funnel it into the network. So that is DJ talent, like videos and mixes for the podcast and DJ news and anything music related that would be matter to DJs. DJ interview podcasts. Podcasts. Wink, stuff wink. Like that. Wink, wink. <laughs> nudge, nudge. Yeah, stuff like that. Um, and then also I'm the main point of contact for Canadian music to get onto the site. That's not already going to be on there. Like Drake comes out with a song, Tory Lanez weekend, blah, blah, blah. Those are, there's some of the biggest stars in the world. Their music's on there. But even still being Canadian and being on the ground, sometimes I get 
stuff before Lincoln mm-hmm. bio and yeah. certain shit that yeah, like, yeah. well I mean those are those are some of our exclusive remixes I, I just I, I got Lincoln bio and Nick bike Dope. to sign on as exclusive remixes for DJ city so they make remixes that are only available on DJ city Dope, that's mm-hmm. good or stuff. available first and then maybe down the line they'll be somewhere else because it's the internet it's a wild west mm-hmm. yeah, 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 but they're sure. made specifically for DJ city we have other remixers that do stuff like that too so if you want dope versions of hot songs you go to dj city any given hit record will have a whole bunch of remixes for sure so it'll keep your sets fresh but yeah i i funnel the canadian stuff in like recently like tory lanes has a new record with meek mill i got my hands on it and sent it in before the label even hit dj city to say here so now we just got to make sure that our stuff is there because canadian music especially if we're talking hip-hop and electronic music yep we got a lot like we all have the Grand Thefts and the Zed's Deads and all that kind of stuff that's important. Definitely. You know what I mean? And DJs need to have. And For sure. it's partially my responsibility to make sure all of that stuff is there. And also, if I see any independent artists that have a hot record that has some legs, has some traction, and starting to build, I'll make them aware to be like, yo, we need to, you know, get this one in there. Dope. Mm-hmm. Dope. To make sure that people know because it's all about cultivating Canadian musical talent dj and otherwise Mm -hmm. and every chapter in every country it's their job to do the same thing for their country because it's very difficult i'm sure you guys know to stay on top of everything yeah everywhere for sure for sure sure. but if you want to know what's popping in france you should probably talk to some French DJs. It makes sense. <laughs> so yeah, it makes sense. There are French DJs on staff. It's funny that you even kind of have to say it, but you do have to say it. Unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. you kind of have to say these things sometimes. So, like, people need to know. So, like, if you want to know what's popping in Canada, you need to talk to Canadian DJs. We're the ones here that can tell you. We're the ones in touch with artists. We're the ones that know what's coming up, what's going on. We know who to look out for. Like, we know that. The guys in the UK know that about the UK. The guys in, in Japan know that about the, the people in Japan. And collectively, we all funnel all this information into the DJ City Network. And that's why it's the dopest platform because it's like a collection of experts telling you what's good. Yeah. And, and so. beyond that, like obviously it's a business like anything, you know, at the end of the day, it's a business. But yeah. the community aspect of it, like you, you, you know, the DJ City linkups are so dope. Right. Yeah. When we just have, it's just, such a casual thing. The link-ups are so casual. Yeah. It's like set up some turntables, invite a bunch of DJs out, put out some finger foods and, you know, maybe some drink tickets and give DJs a chance to be in the same room in on a night off. Yeah. Where yeah. they're not working, where there's not like the distraction in between, like, you know, the, the verse you have be- before you have to mix in the next yeah. song. Like how <laughs> often do you get a chance to talk to 40, 50, 100 DJs? Mm-hmm. Not enough. Not enough. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. For so sure. we're 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 gonna do them more often. Like it's it's we're doing them per city, but in future I plan on doing like even just smaller meetups just to like just to keep it going. When we're we build and grow as a community when we communicate with each other. Otherwise, like shit gets busy. Shit gets for tough. Sure. And it's inspiring to be around people and kinda hear what's going on and Yeah. And like my favorite part of the link up that we did in Toronto a few months ago was some really, really young DJs being in the room with some like OG legend DJs. Yeah, yeah. Like seeing the look on their faces meeting these guys. They're like like the young scratch DJs meeting DJ Grouch. They're like (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I know. You know what I mean? And I'm like, I'm that that touches my heart to be able to bring them together because Grouch is the nicest guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, So he's happy to talk to them and give them advice in the same way that some of those guys 
spoke to me and gave me advice when I was coming up. For sure. So I think that's important. And I think that it's also when we talk about how saturated the DJ market is and how many DJs, how many people are trying to be DJs and whatnot. You put young DJs in a room with people that have done it and really like done it the right way and for the right reasons and whatnot. I hope that that sparks something in them to be like, you know what? Let me do this for real. Let me not just try to do this for clout or for this or for that. Let me actually study this art. Let me respect this craft and let me do the best that I can do so that this can continue on to the next and next next generation. For sure. For sure. And and for, for the younger DJs to actually come out and physically go to these link ups, you're weeding out a lot of the noise here. Yeah. You know, cause 'Cause all these DJs that don't care won't come. Yeah. Yeah. But DJs who do, they're, yep. they're there and everyone is super friendly you know not not no egos i mean some people have their little egos and but stuff, not but in a room of djs no though. no like the, you'll find if you put like i just actually went to the dj city link up in london okay um speaking of london i'm always yeah, yeah. there um i want to say it's like a month ago three weeks ago and it was massive because london's deep in dj city like and this link up there had to be like five six hundred djs there oh wow at least, crazy at least that's crazy and Everybody was so friendly with everybody because we're all DJs. We have a common thread. You know what I mean? Like if you put a bunch of doctors in a room, doesn't matter where they're from, they're going to trade notes. They're going to talk. They're going to tell you what it's boring as fuck, but... Right? (laughs) Not nearly a doctor link up. (laughs) But like you got these DJs and they're all different levels. They're like some new people. There's some mid-level people. There's some guys that don't even play anymore just trying to get on and there's guys that have played everywhere yeah and we're all together and we're it's a community yeah it's a real and, community and as oversaturated as the dj market is right now there's a lot of young cats that really do care about the culture absolutely and it's super dope to see absolutely yeah, man. and i mean that's that side and then just on the dj record pool side of dj city like it's not expensive considering what it used to cost to be a dj where like one song would cost ten dollars yeah this shit costs like a dollar a day for unlimited music. Yeah. Essentially. Sounds so. like an infomercial. You should record one. I'm good at this. A dollar a day just for less than a cup of no, coffee. But, uh, <laughs> but for real though, like when you think about it, like it baffles me yeah, yeah. that some people are like, oh man, you got to pay for it because they're of a generation that comes from stealing things off the internet. But when you do that, you don't get the quality. Yeah. So. No, definitely. If you want to do something for real, there's, you do it for real. There's huge value in being part of a DJ pool, digital yeah. DJ pool. And even back in the day, the, the physical pools, yeah. those were awesome. It saved right? us a lot of money. Yeah. It saved us a lot of money and gave us access to curated music, mm-hmm. like the experts or the labels. They're like, yo, this is the next artist. You need to have this. Yeah. Yeah. We all need a little, I mean, there's so much music. We all need a little direction as to what we should make sure, sure we pay attention to. For sure. 100%. It's almost head spinning at times. Yeah. Um, so what what other initiatives at DJ City can you talk about, or is there some top secret stuff, or what what well, are we top doing? Secret, I ain't gonna talk about it. <laughs> um, I don't, not really initiatives that I can speak on, but just I encourage I encourage DJs to if you're not a member, check out the site. You can see everything. You just can't download anything if you're not a member. So like you can see all the songs that are added daily. You can see the charts, and you can more importantly, you can see the community and. It's it's dope, man. Yeah. It's dope. I wouldn't be involved in anything at this stage of my career that wasn't dope. Yeah. I'm not doing anything because dopeness. Like yeah, just just dopeness. I sought them out. I hit them up yeah. and was like, "Yo, what's good? How come there isn't any DJ City Canada?" Yeah. And they were like, "Oh shit, it's funny you say that. We've been like trying to curate something 
let me ask around about you. And they asked around and was like, yo, everyone says you're the guy. And that's how that came about. Dope. Because I I thought that this is a dope platform. We need to like, come on. They're heavily involved in Red Bull 3 style. Red Bull 3 style is Canadian. Like all the guys, there's so many people that involved that are very connected to DJ City. It only made sense that we make it official. Yeah, and it, and it all ties into kind of what what we've been talking about throughout this episode is this networking, this fostering good relationships and and look look what came about. Precisely. Yeah. Precisely. Awesome, be, man. Be a good person, do good work, good things will happen. Yeah. And download and uh, su- subscribe <laughs> to uh, DJ Sid.com. <laughs> <laughs> All right, before we uh, wrap up here, anything else you want to plug? Um, not particularly, man. Just like I feel like Instagram is a plug nowadays. Yeah, like, yeah. Follow sure. me on Instagram at Four Corners, number Four Corners with a K. I do my best to funnel all pertinent information through there. I don't really use Facebook that much anymore. I don't know if you guys do. I try to stay active on Twitter because I think it's kind of cool still. Um, but Instagram is it. So like for to know where I'm DJing, to know what I'm up to, to know what city I'm in, to know you And know. you're always pumping out content, whether it's videos, mixes, you're always up to absolutely. something. So. Absolutely. You have to. You have to. Like again, with the oversaturation of everything. And honestly, not even just because of the oversaturation, with this type of platform. Had we had this type of platform in the past, whether it was oversaturated or not, it would be at our best interest to use it. Like social media is dope if you use it for what it's worth. If you let it run your life, that's another conversation. Yeah. <laughs> but if you use it for what it's worth, especially as an artist or a DJ or like anybody who owns a small business or whatnot, like it's fantastic. You can put the information out there. Just if I can just say one thing about it, whatever you put on there, let it be real. Do do real shit in the real yeah, world. Yeah. Showcase it on the internet. Don't make shit look like you want it to be on the internet when it's not like that in real life. Yeah. Nobody likes that shit. For sure. No for sure. doubt. On that note, thank you so much, brother. That yeah, was, man. That, that was, was super sick. dope, bro. Thanks thank for you for having out. me. Yeah, yeah man. man. All right. Till the next time. Peace. Peace. Fix, fix.